Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Gentrification is 
gentrification is when developers come into your community and they buy up the properties. The taxes it raised on the properties because they redeveloped them. And the people who ultimately was living there ultimately are, you know, cut out because they can't afford to pay the taxes that, you know, was it was raised to. Um so part two tonight comes from uh, a couple situations. Um, one of the situations was uh, as I was driving uh, Ubering some some Caucasoid guy around, um, he was a realtor. And we were down in South Philly around Tasker and Morris where I picked him up at around that area, Tasker Street. And we were on Ringgold Street. Now, the houses all look like abandoned North Philly homes, because that's where I'm from, North Philly. So the block looked like a North Philly block. But these two houses that he was there for on the same block, they were being rehabbed and, you know, by developers. And he said, you know, gentrification was moving that way. Now, you know, politically correct, he's supposed to say I'm not a fan of it, but, you know, he started putting me down with some information. He told me that the houses on that block was going for maybe fifty, sixty thousand. He said the dude bought both properties for thirty thousand, both of them together, two for the price of one type thing. Two homes, thirty thousand dollars, and you know what the homes are going for once he's finished redeveloping them? Three hundred and some odd dollars on a block. Where the average is fifty to sixty thousand for a home. What do you think is going to happen to those other people in that community and neighborhood? Second situation came about this past weekend. My sister bought a home up in Conshohocken, restored bed, and you know the people in that county took her to court to get her out. Of course, you know, they weren't us. It was them. You know, Caucasoid people that pretty much, you know, said, we don't want you here. So I got into a little, you know, verbal altercation with the police that night. Needless to say, I don't like cops. It ain't nothing new. I said it on air before. I say it again now. If you're a cop online, too bad. I just don't care. Um, and this ain't about my name being Mr. Controversy. That's personal. I've been through a lot of stuff with cops in my life. I don't care for them. And if something happens, you damn right I'm still going to call them because that's their job. I don't care what I, if I like you or not. It's your job. You get paid to do it. So come do your service, period. I ain't got to like you. You know what I'm saying? But I'm, I'm not going to not allow you to do your job because I don't like you. I might not be as cooperative as I should or could be, but, you know, so be it. At any rate, you know, they gave my sister till 5 o'clock to get out. Now, she's been living in this place for almost a month. And they gave her till 5 o'clock on Friday to have all her things out. Okay. Let me tell the truth. They gave her an extension till 7. Either way, it was snowing outside. It was cold as hell. She had to deed to the property. But you got her out. 
Now, I know people out there listening, I don't sound right. It must have been, yeah, okay. I'm telling you, she had a paperwork. But they came up with all of the loopholes within their paperwork in order to get her out. So I get into that story a little more, but that's why this topic tonight is on gentrification. Why is it when we go in their neighborhood is, oh, there goes the neighborhood. But when they come in our neighborhood is, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Fucking Temple students walking around North Philly without a care in the world. What the fuck? Are you kidding me? You mean to tell me I got to worry about, about myself and watch my back more than they do? The fuck? Man, I'm feeling some tight way tonight, if you can't already tell. Gentrification is a bad thing. Or is it? It's a good thing. Let's flip it. If niggas would take care of their community and stop the violence and learn how to budget, manage money, become homeowners, and for those that are homeowners, if they stand up and fight and keep their homes and not take the down that they're offered, and we cleaned up our communities, then maybe well, how about we go down and we protest when the developers start doing their work? How about we stand around they bulldozers and they hoes and whatever else and with our fire sign? You did it for freaking Meek Mill. Niggas will go out here and protest for Meek Mill but won't go out here and protest for their own damn neighborhood. The fuck? Are you kidding me? There's a serious disconnect and problem within our people when a situation goes down like that. You rather fight for a rapper who did wrong to free him than to build your community back and fight for your community. So is gentrification really bad? I want callers tonight to talk to me about this because I'm, you know, the more I think about it, I see a double-edged sword, but now let's flip the script. When you want to go out in the county and move in their neighborhood, they trying to get you out. What's that about? What's that about? Why can't I live? I thought this was the land of the free. I thought I was free to live wherever I wanted to live if I could pay the taxes. Why I got to go? If we all created equal and we are equal and nobody better than the next, then if I can afford to stay here in your community, then why I got to go? Yeah. Let's talk tonight, people. We ain't even going to make this a long and drawn out show. We're going to get straight to the point. Because I'm pissed. I don't know about you, but me, I'm pissed. And I don't know who I'm pissed with more. I don't know if I'm pissed with our people more or the corporations and businesses for buying up the property. You know what I mean? Because, see, we're going to get into why they're doing it. See, the suburbs is having a whole bunch of, you know, uh, uh, weather conditions, let's say. 
where their homes are being really torn to pieces and shreds. They're far away from Center City where all the action is at. So they're migrating down down into the hood. My uncle told me this years ago when he got shot in his head, people thought he was tripping because he had got shot in the back of his head. But he said, the white people are going to start buying, coming back down here and they're going to start moving us up there. And he was talking about Northeast at the time. You know what I'm saying? And lo and behold, if it ain't occurring. So anybody who's trying to tell me something different, I need to hear from you because I don't believe it. Who are you mad at? Who are you pissed with? Share that with me. And I see I have a caller on the line. You know what I'm saying? I see you. And and I'm about to get to you now. So, Southeast Ohio, peace, power, and blessing. Who do we have the pleasure of speaking to on Straight Talk with Mr. Controversy, a.k.a. Mr. On Point on On Point Radio? Good evening, um, Mr. Controversy. And anyone else who's listening, this is Des. Um, I I heard, I was listening, you know, to what happened um, with your sister. But I want, I don't know if I missed something or if I just want to have you repeat it. Um, what was the reason, what reason did they give her okay. to, um, to vacate? Well, here's, here's the situation, right? When she first moved up there, this dude retired, wanted to get rid of his property, so she bought a lease to own. She, she signed a lease to own contract, right? He moved away, told everybody he ain't coming back. That's why he, you know, had his power of attorney, you know, pull out the paper. Now, the power of attorney, you know, she had was, you know, pretty much from here and they, the county had their own power of attorney that came out later, whose name is not even officially on no paperwork or nothing. But that came out later. Anyway, she moved up there. They was living in there for a while. She drove up. You know, she's a contractor, so she had her truck with the ladder and all that. They said, oh, no, you can't be here. It's not, you can't have commercial trucks or vehicles. It was like a gated community type thing. Okay. You can't have commercial vehicles here. So she said, all right, she called me. She said, bro, I need to put my trailer down there and get back. All right, bring it down here. You know, whatever. No problem. Took her ladder off the top, put that in the garage. So now she just has a truck. Next thing was, oh, no, you can't, y'all can't live here. You have a child. There's no children in this community. Word. But yet and still, it was said that there's children that leave out of there to catch school buses every morning. Okay. So the next thing became, y'all, this is a a community of 55 and older. Seriously? Now it then went to age. Y'all didn't try all this. Y'all trying everything in y'all power. So finally, they ended up in court. And I told her, I said, you should have went at them for discrimination if that was the case. 
because they're discriminating your age for owning a property. I don't care if it's private or not. See, that's how they get us. That's the age. You know, age is one of the things that's not protected in the um the Fair Housing Act. So that's why they went there. That's and, not you know protected what? because they can have senior communities and how like so that's something that's not protected. So they had to go there to pull that off. But but just because it's not protected don't mean that you can't fight it. See what I'm saying? See that's well, where you, yeah. that's I mean, where she, you aim to change that law. Or that's where you aim to change that that whatever uh uh legal documentation and they have that as part of their their township. That's where you start to fight that at. That's where you challenge it. That's how a lot of laws become laws because somebody challenges it. You know what I mean? Well, is, and, was, and, it tr- was it true? Like, was it the case that it's only seniors or no? Because if, if it wasn't only seniors, then yeah, by all means, see, she this can. This is what I can't, I can't honestly say for sure. I can't answer that because mm-hmm. the only time I went up there was to help her move. I've never been up there, so and it was snowing and cold that night, so people were in the house. I don't know who lives up in there. Okay. You know what I'm saying? But I do know that they were telling me that kids were going up the street catching the bus every morning from out of houses there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So my whole thing is, and it don't even matter, it was just the fact that I didn't like that, you know, and then here's, here's the situation. Uh, the cops, somebody called the cops or whatever. So they came and they told us, all right, it's time for y'all to go. Boom. So I'm walking towards my car. I'm standing at the car, me and my mother, and the cop asked me for my license. Man, you shouldn't have said nothing to me. Exactly. You shouldn't have said nothing to me. I don't like you. Right. So I said to him, I said, what do you want to see my license for? Were you in there? Were you helping? I said, yeah. I said, but I'm not in my vehicle, so what do you need to see my license for? He said, well, I need to put it on documentation as somebody who was there. No, no, you don't. I'm not showing you anything. I said, matter of fact, hold on. I got on my phone, and I called their their cops. I said, listen, get me a supervisor, a captain, a lieutenant, anybody to come out here because your cops are out here harassing me asking me for my identification, and I'm not in my vehicle. They don't have reason to see my identification. Get somebody of, uh, of authority out here because I'm not showing them the ID. You know what them fools on the phone ask me? Mm-hmm. They said, what's your name? <laughs> so I said, like, does it matter? I, gave, I gave them my name, mm-hmm. and then them fools said, what's your phone number? I said, what the hell do you mean with my phone number? Why the hell do I have to give you my phone number? Now I'm arguing with the cops on the phone. Like, mm-hmm. why the hell am I giving you my phone number? What, you going to call me later? This is what I said to them. And then they, they were like, all right, listen, never mind. We had somebody on their way. I said, all right. Now, I'm standing there. They walk over. One of them walk over and ask my mom, man, do you have a license? She was like, no, I don't have a license. I don't drive. I said, why are you asking my mother for a license? She don't have to show you no identification either. What the hell are y'all doing? Now, they starting to surround me. A couple of them went to my sister's car. That's your brother. What's his name? Wow. 
Yeah. All white cops. Now, while mm-hmm. this is going on, a white dude comes out that lives next door to the house that my sister was living in. He comes out and starts clapping his hand. My mom said, what, what is he clapping for? And I said, and I'm loud, and I lie to you not. They all will tell you this. And I said, because he had racist cracking like the rest of them out here. You know what I'm saying? So now the cop looking me in my eye, I'm looking him in my eye, I mean in his eye. So then while I see him questioning my sister, I know my sister's situation. I know my situation. They questioning my mom now. I had to back down. I said, hey, man, leave my sister alone. Take this license. He took it. He started writing it down. He handed it back to me. I snatched that shit. I said, listen, we out of here. I said, so the other cop was like, so you not you don't want to wait for the supervisor? I said, no, nah, man, I don't want to. I said, y'all go ahead with y'all stuff. I don't want shit else to do y'all. I just want to get out y'all area. You know what I'm saying? So when they when we go to their communities, this is how we're treated, as if we don't belong. But yet and still, they come down in our communities and they tear down what they want to tear down and reconstruct what they want to reconstruct, and niggas don't say shit. And there was no, there's no other black person there? No other black person was out in that community that day and that night that I was there. They said they didn't see none since they've been there for three to four weeks. Mm. Not a black, now a black cop came later, but guess what? He came with another white cop, and they both were plain clothes cops. Some light skinned dude. I was like, oh, well, he's close enough to y'all. He ain't say nothing to me, though. He walked to the house, talked to them, walked back to the they van, the truck that they was in. But it's just, I, I, I just started thinking, like, you know, when, when they wanted to put our, um, our youth detention center, our youth study center. They wanted to put that out in the county. And those white people said, no, 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 no. They protested it. They put that joint right in West Philly. They didn't put it in the county. So why is it that we don't do the same thing to them? Every time they go to develop something and they put a gate up, knock the gate down. Not the gate down. Send the smokers to start stealing some of that good equipment. Like, you got to fight fire with fire. An eye for eye, two for two is with the good book set. All right, so but, now I don't want to be Miss Controversy <laughs> and say, and don't get, don't, I'm not a cop, first of all, so don't go in on me. But I'm going to say, I, I agree with I understand your frustration and everything that you're saying. However, I don't agree with how you handled the situation. You're, the fact that you dislike cops, I get that part. I don't have anything to say on that part. I get it. But by you, like you taking that dislike, that anger, that frustration, into that situation, escalate, escalated it. Um, and even if it didn't escalate that 
particular situation so much, it it did it potentially escalated it because you already had a chip on your shoulder because you don't like cops, and I get it. Sometimes we, you know, I'm saying that like while I'm flinching because you know I hate to talk like that, but sometimes we take our anger and our frustrations into situations um, unnecessarily and we make it like we make it worse and we we support that stereotype of you know just whatever they're thinking about us is for, like whatever their their reasons are about not wanting us and their communities and all that. We take our frustrations, a dislike for cops because of things that may have happened in the past. We bring it to that current situation, escalate it, and give them that opportunity and right to say, see, I told you, that's how they act, see? It wasn't even that deep, but he, you know, da, 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 da. But I understand your frustration, but us carrying it into everything just it doesn't really help it it just supports exactly what they are saying um but i understand you know what i mean but i just don't agree i don't think that's the right way to handle it i don't think that's the right way to really address well, it well let me let me say this i'm glad you said that cuz that's going that comment you just said bringing me into this track that I'm going to play, a three-part track, right? But the first part is, you right. I could have handled it differently, and I know that. I didn't want to handle it differently. I also don't care what they think about me because they're going to judge me and have their thoughts about me regardless. So I don't care what they think about me. You know what they did, though? They know I ain't had to show them my license. And the only reason why I did end up doing it is because they started going at the people I love. Right, so, so now the burden was ahead. on you to I'm de-escalate it. So it, now, 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 now it's for me. Now I stand down. I ain't going to say de- de-escalate it. I'm going to say now I stand down because now you're fucking with my loved one. And I have children and these people right here that love me before I let y'all take me out, because that's the only way y'all going to take me. And I'm being honest with you. When I, lie, I when I tell you there were about eight to ten cops out there, there were eight to ten cops. There was only four of us and a, and a, and a 12-year-old. Is that how many and there was, were initially? No, initially there were there were uh, three or two. Might have been two or three. She was snatching shit and saying F up. no, and they just no, 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 because I wasn't even, at this time, I wasn't saying nothing to none of them. It wasn't until the other eight came. They, you know how that go when they call, mm-hmm. you know, it ain't no action up in the suburbs, mm-hmm. for real, for real. So they ain't got nothing else to do, so they all came flocking. I wasn't saying nothing to none of them. I did not say nothing to none of them until I was asked for my license. See, cops to me is like um, drugs to a to a to a, a, a former addict. It's a fucking trigger. 
cops are a trigger for me. You see what I'm saying? So I held my peace. I said nothing to them the whole time. You know what I mean? Until I was asked for my license. Because now you're trying to act like I'm dumb and I don't know. I don't have to show you my license. Now you just fucking with me because you what you need my license for? She was told to move out. She got people to help her move. You don't need my license. So this was the issue. But the whole point of this is it's hard for us to just go up in their communities all willy-nilly. But it's so easy for them to come in ours. But hold that line for a minute, Des, because I want to play mm-hmm. this, man. I don't know if people know about this this thing right here, and I want to make this clear. I'm not racist, and I personally believe black people can't be racist. Unless, bless, bless, bless. Unless <laughs> you hate a white person for being white because you're not white and you want their skin, then we can't be racist. Now, we may dislike them. We may hate them for different things or reasons, but hate and, and racism are two different things. Hate is just a, co- a component within racism. So I want people to know right here, right now, I'm not racist. You know what I'm saying? At all. But I'm not dumb either. But that being said, uh, this first verse goes out to you. Niggas selling on the field, that's a flag now. I'm saying you trying to make your man put his money. You gonna show us something. 
The same way, I'm the same way, but in a different way. I guess I do it with tech. Like I'm, I'm, yeah, I do it differently, you know. But I'm always around those people that you're talking about. I live in their community, and I wish a mother would tell me to leave or look at me like they don't want me here or whatever. One thing I won't do though. It's different. Like, I'm speaking for me, but now I have two daughters. So although me just being the fiery, combative fighter that I am by nature, I won't have it. You're not going to run me out of nowhere. I will stand there and fight you one-on-one, whether it's physically, mentally, verbally, like all of that. But now that I have daughters and I live in their community and if I went through what your sister went through if it was if the story was just a tad bit different if I moved in although you know the Fair Housing Act technically doesn't allow the discrimination but we know it happens if I moved around here and you know there were some slurs or some looks some you know things that suggest indirectly yet directly suggest that I need to leave um, like I already told you how I feel at heart, but for my daughter's sake, for them to not have to go through what kids can go through in situations like that, schools in the um, in the schools, and you know, just outside the neighborhood, you don't want I don't want to have them, you know, like in a bubble. You know what I'm saying? But if if I felt that my daughters had to go through that. I would leave for their sake. And in that case, I would say, you know, to myself that I'm winning, making the right decision for them because I think about whether or not it's putting too, putting me at too much of a risk of, you know, me not being here for them. You know what I'm saying? Because my, like, my temper can get like that and, you know, they will, you know, put, they will put me away especially if they mess with my kids. So when I think about all of that, you know, I would leave, you know, on the strength of my children. 
But, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but here's, here's what I'm saying to you, though. Right? I mm-hmm. I get all that, but this 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 ain't about the cops. Right? I mean, it's no, I'm talking about the community. neighbors, know, not the cops. The I know. Yeah. I'm talking about the community. I'm just I'm just changing it because that's what you know. Listening to you saying about how I handled it, which was really me dealing with the cops. But you know, mm-hmm. by me being that way, I guess what they would say is belligerent. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and that, but but I wasn't raising my voice. I was just declining. You know, a little mm-hmm. louder than probably they would want me to. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying so. But I, I get what you're saying. But what I'm saying is the same way they can rally together and get you out. My question is, why don't we do this when it comes to gentrification? Why don't we gather, especially a lot of the homes in North Philadelphia was owned by people's grandmothers, great-grandmothers, like they were family heirs, you know what I'm saying, inheriting the home. A lot of people bought their homes when the homes weren't as high to the price where they are now. And when you go from North Philadelphia, where I'm from, on Lehigh Avenue, and you go down in which now Northern Liberty, and the houses are, the, the prices are ridiculous. And there's very few of us that's living in that, in those houses. There's still, you know, a number of us living within that community, but it's still kind of, you can tell the difference when you go in. You can tell the area that's been redone next to the area that ain't get touched yet. Like this is y'all half, and we're going to take this half. Why don't we stop it before it starts? But hold stop on, what? before you answer that, Dad, before you answer that, I got two callers on the line. Oh, I'm going to okay. take this first caller, and I'm going to definitely come back to you. So hold mute your phone and hold the line. Okay, for you, okay. Peace, power, and blessings, bro. What's popping in the population? Hey, listen, man. Anything, anything, man. You know, I'm a little bit cool, but, you know, it's all just cool for thought. You know what I mean? I mean, maybe you can help me figure out why we can't get together and keep out people that we want out. Well, see, you got to remember, we we don't get together for nothing. You know what I'm saying? We get together. Yeah, like, you know, everybody wants to be a part of, they say they want to, you know, fight the struggle, bear arms, do what they need to do. They're ready to step up until that time is. <clears throat> but it is true, though, that Fair Housing Act ain't nothing fair about it. But, I mean, I live in all I live in all white gated community. It's like, uh, I think it's like three of us in the whole joint. It's, you know what I mean? I, I I don't have no problems. You know, my family don't have no problems. I guess it's just, you know, I don't, they only see me come and go. And they don't, they don't bother us. I don't bother them. You know, but it, it's crazy. It's just that as a people, you know, we, you know, it's crazy because we, we allow 
like I said before, we've all said it before. We allow different nationalities to come into our neighborhood and take it over. And if I opened up a store, you know what I mean, like Des know what I'm talking about. Uh, we had a we had a black we had two three black owned stores in our neighborhood, right? Might be a little too old for Des, but. On the corner of Fontaine Street, we had we had Miss Irene. Miss Irene, I don't know. Right, right. On Thirty First Street, you had Big H. And on the corner of Thirty Second Street, you had Sam's. Sam's. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they were strong black stores. That, that was our three black stores in our community, right? And it was crazy. We didn't have like. What was it? The closest Chinese store was 31st Street, but nobody really went in there. You know what I mean? But we didn't have poppy stores right where we grew up at. And that's odd, being North Philly. But we let other nationalities come into our neighborhood. Those stores eventually folded within time, right? We had a black laundromat and everything right there. We had a black dry cleaners on um, 31st and Diamond. No, um, if you went to Strawberry Mansion, right across from Strawberry Mansion, it used to be, it was like a garage front. It used to be a black-owned little candy store right there. Right. Right? You know what I mean? So, like, but in this era, if you look, every other corner, it's a Dominican store. I don't have anything against them. But the same way their store is thriving, if me and Dez went down to our old neighborhood and we did a joint venture and opened up a store, they wouldn't patronize it. Or they would say our prices is too high. They'll walk several blocks to go to another store. We don't take care of our own. We don't support so, each other. So so right there. Now I'm gonna ask you. Is gentrification such a bad thing? Is that a okay, y'all don't want to do nothing with these abandoned buildings, so I'm simple. I'm a powerhouse. I got the money. I'm going to build this, and I'm just going to capitalize off my college students. And if y'all want to live here, y'all going to have to pay whatever price. I'm going to say no. You know why? You know, I'm going to be honest with you. The reason why I'm going to say no is because they don't usually do it that way. Oh, y'all don't want to do anything with it. They come in and they bully people out of their homes. I agree. I've seen it done. No. You know what I mean? They come in and they bully the elderly out of their homes. And, you know, we're, we're, but we're to blame for that because we leave our family members sometimes out there to fend themselves because we're busy with our own lives. You know what I mean? We don't visit the elderly like we should that, that we know we have, right? You might think you was there last week. That was six months ago. Because you're caught up in life. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying. I'm not trying to make people feel guilty or anything like that. But you got to understand when you out here working and you paying your bills and you going to work and you taking care of your immediate family, such as you know your wife, your husband, your children, whatever your circle it consists of. When you're doing that, you don't realize how time flies. But the same way we make a conscious effort 
to get up and go to work. You know, for some of us that make that conscious effort to go to the club, to go out to the bar, we need to make that conscious effort to visit the ones we say we love so that we can make sure that they're not getting bullied by these big corporations and developers that's trying to buy out our neighborhoods just to take it over. You got houses that might have went for 60000 in our old neighborhood. These developers come in there, you know what they want for? Two, three hundred thousand. Yeah. They, they didn't double, triple the price on it. So you can't afford to stay there. Right? Exactly. They want the college kids to come in and stay there because they got grants, loans. Sometimes they people got money. Right? And right. they can afford oh, oh. that. Oh, hold that thought right there. We got another call on the line. But hold that thought right there because you said something that triggered me. After I went through this Saturday, I was on my hustle, and I was riding through the temple area, and I saw all these big banners that said uh, students, you know, basically here's the deal, one room for 399 a month. A room for 400 a month. Now, let's say you got three rooms and one apartment. That's 1200 in just that apartment. We're going to talk about that in a minute, but let me get this call. Mute your phone for me because I'm going to come back with you on your thoughts on that. You know what I mean? Let's, I'm going to take this call ahead. Northern Middle Tennessee, peace, power, and blessings. This is On Point Radio, straight talk with your host, Mr. Controversy, a.k.a. Mr. On Point. Who do we have the pleasure of speaking with? Yeah, listen, man, this is Ali. Um, I've been listening on your conversation. I call in a lot, too, man. Normally, I don't say nothing. I sure just listen in. But, um, I mean, you're probably not going to agree with me with the next sentence, man, but I'm all for gentrification. I feel like, I don't know, I feel like we as a people, man, especially black, African-American, whatever you want to call it, I don't think there's nothing wrong with people having their neighborhoods sort of revamped with cities wanting to raise the property value of a certain area. And, I mean, I've been listening for like maybe 20 minutes or so, and so what I'm hearing, it sounds like you're advocating for people to fight for, like, an impoverished kind of situation. You know what I mean? Like these inner city places that you're saying are being, um, you know what I mean, gentrificated or whatever, they're places that are low-income kind of settings. You know what I mean? Like the property value is down. Typically those same areas have a high crime rate, which is typically against the people that are living there. So there's a lot of black-on-black crime. They're not robbing or doing anything to the people that you say want to come in and revamp the place. They're doing it to themselves. And, And so to me, I think it's time that that spell sort of be unbroken because the projects, that whole inner city thing was more of an experiment from its origination. And if I'm hearing you correctly, you sort of wanted people to go in and sort of, you know, protest and fight to keep something that was placed there to experiment, experiment on our people with now as a, as a model of say, well, this is something that is inherently ours and we should fight to protect it. 
be honest with you, bro. I'm not, I'm totally fuck, I'm totally against. You know what I'm saying? Fighting to keep blacks in a state of situation of poverty. You know what I'm saying? Where it's not thriving. Well, you can obviously tell when you ride into it that it's not bearing any good fruit. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, so, so what happens to those impoverished people once they come in and they raise the prices? Where do they go? What they do is most of them, because they're already in the system, most of those people are already low income, especially you talking about the elderly, what they do is they offer them people vouchers. They just don't raise their property value and just say, well, you got to get out. That they can't do that because typically no, they, offer people them, own, they offer them money. Right, or or vouchers. And they offer to relocate them to more of a rural area because the city um, wants to revamp the downtown areas because the downtown areas are where the biggest businesses are. Those are more of the tourist areas, not just, not just here, you. but it's happening all over the United States. Those are more of the tourist areas. Those are more of the areas where big businesses are where people are going to want to come to actually focus on the city. And so they're trying to regain that back. And those people that are there, they actually offer better living settings and better living situations than the ones they're currently being offered out of. And I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. I think as a parent myself and, you know, just just as a striving, um, you know, black man, I welcome the possibility of of moving upward, of of being better than a situation I may have been born into where it wasn't my control. I, I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's actually a positive thing if under the right perspective. Most of the elders you're talking about just being bought out of those homes, half of them are suffering in those homes because of their elder. A lot of them have disabilities. They can't even allow them to get around that three, four-bedroom antique house sufficiently. So now you got this elderly person in there, and they can't even utilize their home because of disabilities, where they could actually thrive better in smaller confinements, in nicer areas, where they don't have to feel so paranoid, where they don't have to feel so enclosed in. Because as I was listening to earlier, like the brother said, a lot of us don't even take interest in our elders no more. We're about our own lives. And so you got those people still there by themselves, yeah, they grew up in that area, they're familiar with it, but because new generations change, now they're prisoners and afraid in their own home, unable to even access most of it. And so I, I, just, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, to be honest with you. And I think to instill a mind state to, to fight for that means that you have a group of people who want to still be associated with something that is of low common ground and that is socioeconomically deprived but because the meaning of regentrification, the meaning of regentrification is to take an area and actually build it up and revamp it to the standard of middle class. Right. But what does it do? Those people who are impoverished that's living there is still living there impoverished. That does nothing for them. And like I just explained to you, it'll look like this. This side is for y'all. This side is for us. People don't even know the original Wall Street in New York was built to separate blacks and whites. It wasn't off of no economic stocks and bonds. It was on a segregated keep the blacks on this side and we'll stay on this side. That's what the original Wall Street was built as. But that's the gentrification. We're going to take this side right here and we're going to make it beautiful. 
and y'all stay over on that side right there. Because what it, what's happening in the gentrified in the gentrified area is doing nothing for the people that's not in that area, which is us. So whether and, and here's here's the kicker: I'm not even disagreeing with you. I'm not saying it's a good or a bad thing. I'm just saying I'm starting to take a lot more thought to it. You know what I'm saying? But the reality is, once again, we can't just go up and build stuff up in their areas. It don't work like that, no matter how much money we may have. We don't even try it because we good little niggas. We know better. So we don't even try it. But they got the balls and the goals along with the funds to come down and ours and do it and say, you can't stop me. You ain't going to do nothing about it. Now, my whole thing is because I hear what you're saying, and this second verse that I'm going to play, well, I want you to listen because the second verse is going to be dedicated to you. You know what I'm saying? I gave that one. I'm going to give you one, right? And the reality is, why can't our people thrive? Why are our people low income and impoverished? You know what I'm saying? It's not really in all honesty all our fault. Okay, we had fault to bear in it, but it's not all of our fault. We know it's designed. They called it the project for a reason. We were the project. So when they regentrify, when they when they when they just when they utilize gentrification, they're not doing that for the better of the people in that community. They're doing that for the better of them. Why? Because you said it best. They want access to center cities. They don't want to have to catch a a a R eight train to the subway or the L. And they don't want to do all of that. So what do they do? They move in and they push us out. Never fell my life trying to have faith, but I never fell all right. It's hard to elevate when it's not you. 
listening now say, you know what, it's time we stand up and we do something. Let's say we decide, all right, it's time to take our community back. It's time for us to educate our people. You know I mean, it's time for us to share what we know so that we all grow together as a people and we take back what's ours. And let's say build another black Wall Street. Instead of three black stores around the way, let's make all them black stores around our way or at least majority. What's wrong with wanting to do that? And keep nothing wrong with that. It's done to us. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with wanting to do it. Do it. That's the that's what's wrong. People want, but they're not doing it. You know, so like, you know, I grew up in North Philly too. And I remember, you know, as a child, walking these same streets, 
and I'll just pick a block. Let's say, matter of fact, I'm going to pick 33rd Street. I'm going to pick 33rd, starting at Diamond and going down to Cecil B. Moore. And it's probably not a good street to pick, um, but I'm just using it as an example. Um, walking down the street, and for my entire childhood, the same houses were abandoned, the same what used to be stores were closed, old gates and wooden windows and such, year after year after year after year. Our people aren't doing it in those communities. Why? Because Why not? Because they don't have the money. And if the ones that do have the money, they don't want to invest in that community. They're getting the hell out. They're getting away. They're moving away into the other communities, integrated or, uh, you know, they're moving away, bottom line. So there's nothing wrong with wanting to do it. Do it. You know what I'm saying? And now the ones that are, oh, let me let me go back. And then, so, like I said, my entire childhood, I'm seeing the same abandoned, whatever, the streets looking the same. Or, or getting worse as the years go by. And now, 20-something years later, when, as you would say, a white man come with the money and is actually doing it, what people talked about for generations, they're actually doing it, now it's a problem because their skin is different and because they have the money to do it, you know? And nowadays, in these low-income communities, at least, you know, the hood where I'm from, the ones that are doing it are the ones that we spoke of in a, a prior call, The you know, the, the big-time drug dealers or whatever. Um, they're the ones that's doing it, you know, buying um, dollar houses and, you know, renovating them and then, renov- and, and, um, yeah, reno- renovating them and, you know, and then... Uh, renting them or selling them back to the to our people or whatever. They're the ones that's doing it. And then when they get caught up and booked and they go away, you know what I'm saying, then that's that. But to answer your question again, or in summary, there's nothing wrong with wanting to do it if they just, just do it. Do it. Right. And, and if I, they're I'm, not I'm, doing it, we can't wait 20, 30 years while shit get worse and worse and worse you know, things are falling apart and you got more trap houses and, you know, whatever, or prostitutes, crackheads or whatever, then you have anything else. So if somebody with money is stepping in, regardless of their uh, ethnicity, if they're stepping in and doing it, then, I mean, somebody got to do it. But I think y'all missing the point because I get that. That's true. But the point of it is, even when they bring their bread down there and fix it up and beautify it, it still does nothing for the people that's there or that was there. You know what I'm saying? They don't benefit from that none. Let's take that same street you're talking about, Cecil B. Moore, but I'm from the other side where Wanamaker's High School is, where Temple Campus and all of that is. Mm-hmm. They just built a new Temple football stadium right in the middle of Cecil B. Right? Well, how can you say they're not benefiting? What do you mean? Like, tangibly? How does that, how does that, how does that, yes, because they're still impoverished. Well, I mean, they might still. 
all that does, you're still going to have abandoned and crack houses. You know what I'm saying? They're not doing anything about the, you know, I'm not, the, my thing is, okay, if they coming down, and I'm not saying look for no handout or nothing like that either. I'm just saying if you're going to come down here and you're going to buy up this, then you're going to do, you know, the right thing and you're going to put invest money into this community as well. But they have more businesses now, access to stores that weren't in the community before. Um, they feel better about the area in which they live. Now it's even more protected, um, even more well, lit, you know. So, That's but not no, I mean, but they're the benefiting from it too. Like even like when if I drive wow. through North Philly, it's just it's 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 not tangible. It's it's more of a I don't know how to, I can't put it into words right now. But can I, I, I jump would, in here? Absolutely, you can. Hold, hold, hold on real quick. Hold on real quick. Um, because I'm trying to I'm trying to get because I get I get what you're saying. I do. You know what I'm saying? But again, I don't see how the people who are there are benefiting from anything because y'all keep saying how they're coming in and they're buying it and they're fixing it up and they're making the value better or, or, or higher and they're making it look like something and Making people and feel more stores, it's which not means us. more jobs, and you know, not, yada, but, yada. But, but it's not okay. A lot of that is for them. A lot of those jobs go to their temple students to help them pay for tuition. You know what I'm saying? I, I disagree because I've been on Broad Street, and it's 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 not the students in there. The workers aren't the students. And where? In those stores on Broad Street. You're talking about like the the and, uh, stores temple. and all that, that stuff. No, like the little that like paid a bit house in there. The restaurants, because it's mostly um, restaurants, um, like delis, cafes, and such. You know, and they're not students in there. A lot of them are students in there. I guarantee you, a lot of them are students in there. Ooh. I can promise you. I'm that. not saying that there aren't any students, but. From what I've seen, because I'm on that on that strip a lot. Every time I go home, I'm over our street. I'm over there because I like getting the smoothies from this one place over there. But they're not. I guess depending on the hours, maybe maybe in the evenings that the students are there, and maybe during the day it's it's not students, you know, because of class times and such. But it's not. There aren't only students in those stores. No, I, I'm not going to say there's only students. I'm just saying a lot of that in which they build and they have down there is for their students. You know what I'm saying? It's not for the people, per se. Yeah, they might hire a couple of people in the community or whatever, but it's not designed or set up for them. And I get it. Well, they paid for it, so, you know what I mean? Why not let them hire who they want to hire? Okay, fine. It's for, if it's for their students, it's for their students. Somebody take that approach. I'm just trying to find out, you know, as devil's advocate, how does the people benefit? But before my uh, my brother, what's your, what's your name again, brother? Northern Middle Tennessee. Ali. Ali. All right. Before brother Ali jump in, uh, let me put this following out there, and then uh, we'll hear from him. And then uh, I have a question from Mr. I Can't Believe He Said That, and the last verse from Mr. I Can't Believe He Said That as well. Um, people out there in Radio Land. If you want to be part of this on-point movement, know that on-point is an attitude, a mindset, and a movement. Reach out to us on Facebook, On Point Enterprises. 
Again, Facebook, on point one word, O-N-P-O-I-N-T. Enterprises, E-N-T-E-R-P-R-I-Z-I-Z. If you're on Instagram, follow us at team underscore on point two one five. Again, our Instagram is team, C-E-A-M, underscore on point two one five. If you're on Twitter, follow us at team on point. Our Twitter is at team on point. You can also email us any of your comments, suggestions, concerns, or topics you want to hear us discuss. Shoot us an email, onpoint215 at gmail.com. Again, that's onpoint215 at gmail.com. You can also give us a call or a text directly with any of your comments, suggestions, concerns, or topics you want to hear on point. You can give us a call or a text directly at 267-417-ONPT. That's onpoint, 267-417-6678. Or you can go to our website and read up on us and, you know, see who we are and what we're about, onpoint215.weebly.com. Again, that's onpoint215.weebly.com. Now, um, Brother Ali, you wanted to jump in on that. Yeah, I got a, a couple of aspects I wanted to touch on. First of all, I totally agree with the young lady on the line. Like, I mean, you know, she's definitely on, she's definitely on point with that, with what she's saying. Um, because as, a, as I'm listening, it comes to the assumption that gentrification means that black people cannot be there. And, and, and if I'm hearing correctly, it's almost an assumption as if, well, if they come in and renovate this area and raise the property value, we as black people can't afford it. And I think that's a, a erroneous assumption because honestly, wait, I'm wait, wait, saying, real quick, real mm-hmm. quick on that, that case right there. That's a proven fact here where I live in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The taxes, the value of the homes and the taxes that are placed on that land now, you know what I'm saying, is higher than what the taxes were of the people who already were living there on a fixed budget, you know what I mean, and had that, that tax or whatever already incorporated it within their budget. So when you raise that budget, now that person may not be able to afford it because it just took them out of their price bracket. I can you know agree with that. That's a fact here. I, That's a fact. I can agree with that, but I can't agree with you saying that black people will not be able to afford it, and that brings white people in the area. What you're saying no, is... No, that's not, that's not what I said. Things. That's not what I this, said. I said when they come in the area and reconstruct and rebuild, the value of that neighborhood and area goes up. Goes up. So the people that were there in, already, right? the people that was there already are not going to be there long because they're not going to be able to maintain and sustain that new tax bracket that the homes just went for in that neighborhood. Understood. So that doesn't mean that that area is going to be populated with white people either. And and you said that before. Because it has that, been. I, what I'm I telling you now, what I'm telling you now is not an assumption. This is a fact. You I, go down Northern Liberties, this is a fact. You go in some parts of Kensington uh, in Philadelphia, this is a fact. Brewery County, they call it now. I get it. But... W- all right, so if you allow me to speak, what, but what you're doing is it's called ethnocentrism. And what you're doing is you're basing your facts off of what you have experienced as reality, and it doesn't mean that that's the total reality for everything. What you will get, though, is a new people 
that can afford a different tax bracket, and it does not mean that that cannot be black people also. Because honestly, if they regentrified the area closer to downtown Center City, I may even move down there. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm not in a lower tax bracket. It may affect the people there. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that at all. But they can't force those people out of there. Those people have to be willing participants to leave. Yes, they can raise the tax value on the property. I get that too. But it can still be done. The people that are there, and honestly, going back to ethnocentrism, I work with a lot of the elderly in that community as well just because of my profession. And they don't like what's going on there either. And, and, and hear me out. They actually are more for regentrification than you are advocating for them because those people don't like what they see in their own neighborhoods. They want intervention in their own neighborhoods. They don't mind police policing that neighborhood 24-7. They actually prefer it because they feel unsafe themselves now because it's totally different than when they first moved in there. They don't like the young people out everywhere being out at all times of night causing chaos. They actually want gentrification in their own neighborhood because it makes them feel more secure. It makes them feel safer. And like I said, I'm not saying this because it's fact. It is ethnocentrism. It's based off of what I have encountered with the people that are in that area based on my profession. So they don't even want they they don't even want those people there either. They want intervention also, and so you say, what does it does do for the people that are there? Well, what it does is the ones who want to remain there will remain there. The ones who can't afford it, the government or the state, people vouchers for them to outsource and still live somewhere that is nice, but just not in that immediate area. And the population you're advocating for don't even want to be there anyway because of what they see around their neighborhood, which if I heard you right, it's more of the elderly, et cetera. The only people to me that seems to want that to remain the same will be people of a low impoverished status, of a, of a particular mind state, which I'm not even going to elaborate on, and people that are not utterly thriving. The young lady said, and she's right, it doesn't only cater to Temple students. It doesn't. It caters to anyone who can afford that particular subdivision, and that can be anyone. So to say that they're coming in and doing these things and raising property value, and so assumptionally it's putting white people in there and pushing black people out, then you sort of answered your own question when you said, well, why can't our people want better and why can't our people want to strive for this black Wall Street? First of all, it's funny because Black Wall Street is actually originated in Oklahoma, Tulsa, not New York, but, you know, neither here nor there. However, it, it's the mind state. If if you believe that gentrification will only bring in people who don't look like you, and I'm not attacking you, but I'm analyzing it, then to me it doesn't seem as if you have faith in your people that other people that look like you would also be able to afford that community as well. It'll just be a different caliber of people that may also look like you. All right. Let, let me let me let me um clear a couple of things up. One, 
Um, I'm aware that Black Wall Street and Wall Street are two different things. When I said New York, I said the original Wall Street, not Black Wall Street. Black Wall Street is, you're absolutely correct. I said, why can't we want the Black Wall Street again, which was in Tulsa, Oklahoma? Those are two different things that I spoke on. You know what I mean? So I didn't confuse Black Wall Street with Wall Street in New York. You know what I mean? Um, I made two different points on two different Wall Streets. Um, Secondly, I never said that, you know, our people who can afford it can't move into those areas. They don't. They don't. And the ones that I have seen, and, and again, this is my reality because this is what I know. You know I mean, now, have I seen every, have I done a census and seen every occupant or resident that lives in Northern Liberty? No. But I've driven many around. And if they are some black folk down there, they're coupled with a white person. Now, this ain't about race. I'm speaking on the, the, the occupants in this new area. It is mostly, and I'm, I'm going to say it has all become white in that area. You know what I'm saying? Um, as far as the, the whole, you know, school and temple thing, yes the banners on the side of these apartment complexes or lofts, as they call them, says simple student. Does not say people of the community. Does not say all are welcome. It says simple student. And there's a deal, $399 per room. You know what I'm saying? This is a fact. So, again, yes, this is for them because this helps them make money, and that's what they're in business to do, and I get that. So my question tonight is pretty much, is gentrification a bad thing? And if so, why? And if not, why? And there are points that both you and our our lady does mention that I agree with. I didn't say either you were wrong about any of that. You know what I'm saying? The only thing I'm saying is our people, our people, and I'm, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm making grave attempts to have faith and belief that our people can get it together and buy back. That's my thing. Why can't we put into our communities? You're absolutely right. A lot of people don't like what's happening in the hood. That's a whole nother show, though. Because if okay. you know they're selling drugs on the corner and you want them off the corner, then you got to speak up, even if it's going to, you know, might be costly. But if you want to clean up, you got to want to clean up. And based on the definition, based on the definition of gentrification, which doesn't include a race factor, um, no, it's not wrong. The process of renovating and improving a house or district so that it conforms to middle class taste. Exactly. And it does not mention. Say that last part again. Middle class taste. What does that mean? To me, the taste, as far as a a middle-class taste, Mm -hmm. in a simple, I mean, simple words, it just means to to upgrade, level up, to give, you know, a better look, um, environment, a taste, you know. um, But it says middle-class, correct? Middle class taste, right? Okay. You want it, now, I mean, improving wouldn't be 
in order to improve, it means you have to level up. So if it's already at the bottom, the next level is middle. Okay. So let at me the ask very you least. Let me ask you this. Who's the middle class then? The next because level up. Not, I, would, I would agree with that if they were rebuilding them houses or renovating those houses for the people that's there and leveling up and upgrading it for them. Even if they say, all right, we're going, we're going to have to buy this property. The key word whatever. is taste, you know what I'm saying? not but, people, but, not middle-class people, but right, the taste. But, like, but, that's but the word, taste? key word. But who's taste? Because who's the middle class then? Who are we middle. labeling and identifying as middle class? Middle class, by definition, is anybody, if you're talking about one person who makes more than like $18,995 per month, I'm sorry, per year. That's considered middle class. If you're talking about a house, two, twenty-two thousand one hundred and ninety-five. If I'm not mistaken, have the opposition of what a middle class starts at, because you have different class sets. You have lower class, you have middle class, lower middle class, you have middle class, you have upper middle class, and then it goes into the stratosphere. If you're talking about basic middle class, anybody that makes about twenty-two thousand dollars and some change per year to be considered middle class. You can Google. Now, now, see, but here's the thing, and, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, disagreeing with your your stats. I'm not a stats person. Um, like to be honest with you, you just gave me about six different classes. When I personally, I don't believe in really a middle class. You either have it or you don't. But let's just say, for sake of argument, there's a middle class. Now, I was always told and educated that there's a lower, a middle, and an upper, right? Not a, a lower lower, a lower middle, a lower upper, you know what I'm saying? Uh, a lower middle, a middle middle, a high, a upper middle, you know what I'm saying? That, that to me is, that's a justification on why you're doing what you're doing to me. That's a, you have a whole agenda and scheme behind, you know, your just cause for doing your just do. To me, because no, you're no right. you can put all of these different tax brackets or, or, or income brackets that you want, but the, the problem is you're still going to fall into low, middle, or upper. So when I'm asking about the upper class, I'm basically saying, I mean, the middle class is the number. It says that most blacks are in middle class. Middle class, taste, you can, you level can up even one level. You can even be hold on. You can even be middle class and still be in poverty or in an impoverished state. There are people in poverty. There, there are people in poverty that shop middle and upper class taste. So there that are people same in poverty concept. that are millionaires. It mm-hmm. depends on your output. Like if right. talking, that's a different show though, because what you're talking about is expenditures versus what you're making. You can have a person that's making a million dollars a year, but if your expenses is nine hundred and sixty five thousand dollars per year, then you're only grossing three thirty five thousand dollars. So that's a different subject. But, I'm but not, even but not, not on even, even not, not hold on, on Dad, hold on, Dad, hold on. I'm not even I'm not talking about that though. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about when because my point for saying this is the people that are occupying these redeveloped areas are of Caucasoid origin. Based on what? Predominantly. 
Yeah. Based on what you've if seen that, or based on what you know? If that definition fits and sits of middle class, right, obviously their income bracket is higher. Obviously they can afford that higher tax bracket. So that would take them out of a middle class. Now maybe it would go into that class you spoke of, the middle upper class. Maybe it could fall into that. Just so they could say it's a middle class state. That's all my point is, is because the middle class that's housed there already still can't afford what the houses go for or the taxes get up to. I'm not talking about people who have it and can move down, black folks who got it like that and can move down there. I'm not speaking about them. I'm speaking about the ones who are already there, who ultimately do get this place and place somewhere else. This is nothing new. This is why we were segregated and separated from the beginning. This is why, like the the, the, the boy said in the Rami said, maybe we should build a wall for the Mexicans or maybe we should put them in the hood. Well, okay. they're already in the hood. The hood is the stopping ground for every migrant immigrant that comes through here. A lot of Hispanics already end the hood with us, and we know why. You know what I'm saying? Or at least I'm going to say I know I know why to me. But the reality is that middle class is not the class that can sustain and maintain that acquired pace. But that other quote around middle class, yeah, because their status of middle class comes with a higher income and comes with an affordable tax rate. We can afford that tax it says the t- the taste though. That's the part that. But that's I, what I'm telling you. The people no, can't, like, can't no. The t- but people people have a a lot of people, especially in the hood, have a much more expensive taste than what they're economically classified as. We all like nice yeah. things. Right, so it's the taste, it's the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the perception, the image. It's superficial, really. It's, you know, you have people walking around that make minimum wage with, you know, um, Gucci handbags. You know what I mean? It's a taste. It's not referring to really what they're making, what they're making technically. It's saying to renovate, improve, and give it that taste, that look. That perception, that feel. So, is that how it's going down? And that's I how people feel, in the hood. That's how like they that's feel. How they feel good. Hold on, they hold feel on, hold good. on, hold on, hold on. Let me take Miss Doc Amberley and said that. Let me get him in on this real quick. Now, you hear what she's saying, right, bro? I'm here. All right. So let me ask you this, because if I'm hearing correctly, pretty much she's saying if we live within our means and stop living above our means, then maybe we can afford that sacrifice. Maybe we can afford to live in these redeveloped homes. Now, let me ask you, do you feel that that's an equal opportunity for the middle-class blacks who was already there, um, opposed to the middle-class whites? Who can afford to live there? Do you think it's a, it's a playing field, a, a fair play? I don't believe in the word fair, but 
big argument. Do you think that that's a fair is a fair opportunity for the people that was already there, who was already in one tax bracket, opposed to the ones who come there and a new tax bracket is enforced and they can afford it? Do you think it's an even playing field? Well, I mean, it all you gotta you gotta understand what what the middle class is. You know, what I mean, it depends on how the middle class, how each class of income is shifted is by the number of people in the household, right? Because see, if you got three people in a family, middle class is considered anywhere from thirty thousand to a hundred thousand dollars. You know what well, I mean? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, Brother Ali, I just wanted to compare that number because Brother Ali gave a number of middle class that says something about 18,000. You know what I mean? Because I'm with you. I, I heard. I, I know about one 30,000 middle class. That's for one person. He's for one person. 18, 30,000 for three. I want to make sure I'm getting this clear. Yeah, for That's, a family okay. of three, it's gotcha. anywhere. it could be anywhere from 30,000 to 100,000, right? And that's through the Pew Research Center. You know what I mean, and, and it, it it all it depends on the number of individuals in your household, right? It does go by that, but if you, I I understand both sides, all right. And what you're saying is where they turned around and they bought, let's say a three story three story house on Diamond Street, a three story brownstone by the Temple campus, where they paid. The they paid somebody's grandmom fifty five thousand, or they made it gave her seventy five thousand for the house, right? But once they go into the house and they they renovate it or they do something to the house, now that house is worth three times that amount. You know that's where that, I think that's where the, where the problem lies. Like that same house, she's not getting the. I understand when you put new. Items in a house, yeah, the house, the value of the home goes up, but it doesn't go up three times that three times that amount when the windows are still the same. You know, it's a different it's a difference where I, what my point that I was saying was when they forcibly make these people leave. You know, because I'm not saying it that way. My mom's the house that she lived in, she grew up in as a child. Right? I told her, Mom, come down here with me. I got I can get you a house down here. She don't want to leave her home. And the University of Penn is slowly but surely moving through right. her area. Right. right? But she doesn't want to leave that home because of the memories that she has as a child there. Right? She doesn't want, you know, she don't want to live in my community. So I, I told her I'd get you another house outside of my community. He's saying, well, it's just me, you know, and Dad, and we don't have that much. All right, okay, so you, you want to downsize? She said, no, but I don't want to leave my home. Um, I have a problem when they forcibly make these individuals leave. That's the only problem that I have. Now, to beautify a neighborhood, but, and you're raising the property taxes, you're raising the, the like, if those, if those individuals, if my mom moved out of her house, with the money that they gave her, she would have to get a 30-year mortgage to buy back that same house because it will be three times what they paid her. 
But in all honesty, two things with that. One, now that she's going to have to take out most likely a 30-year mortgage on any house when she go to rebuy. Yeah, I mean, 15 to 30-year uh, mortgage. But two, like, when they give her that 50000 or $75,000, that's not, I mean, that's that's something towards a home. You know what I'm saying? But you're not even going to get the home you probably really want. You know what I'm saying? With that. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's, it's no, a it's lot not, that comes with this situation. It's not going to scratch Yo. the surface. On a house, can, right? Can, that, that, that's on the market right now. Like, I'm not saying in that aspect. I got homes down the street, around the corner from me, that are going for five hundred thousand. You know, and and some of those houses are bigger than mine. You know, I, I don't. It, it's a. It's you know. It's all. It's all in the marketing. But most of the people that get bought out of their homes, that money is long gone. That money is not they're like they spend a lifetime in that house and they're not being compensated for it. I think that's where Mr. On Point is saying that the gentrification, they're not being compensated for the generations or the monetary value that house may have or the sentimental value, excuse me, the sentimental value that that house has to them. And then they make a, they turn around and make a huge profit off of the home when they gave the owner peanuts well well that that's 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 not even really what i'm saying let me you said basically what i was saying when you said you know the house cost sixty thousand dollars or whatever they bought the house for sixty thousand dollars and then these these developers come in and you know they cut them a check for fifty thousand or maybe seventy five thousand get them out and then they raise the the, the property value to three hundred thousand dollars right now my question was to you was is that do you think it's still an even playing field for those who you who from that community who wants to live in one of those homes? But we know a lot of us and those that because we already know it's an impoverished community. We said that already, so we know that a lot of us aren't going to be able to afford three hundred thousand dollars, you know, for a home. So Some of us can't afford the even playing field. You know, some of us can't afford the houses that they in. Right. That house is killing them right there. But it depends on the individual, you know. But it, it's, I'm just saying, the unit, they're, they're bringing, they're, I understand what you're saying. They, they're buying these houses and they're bringing these people, bringing the students in and some people that can afford it. So the burbs, more or less, the people from the suburbs are coming back to the city, and they're forcing the people in the city out to the suburbs. And some of them can't afford those homes. Right, right. And let me let me they take this call. Them, we got a caller on, and I and I heard Brother Ali. I'm gonna come back to him as well. But we got a caller on. Let me get this caller. Caller, welcome to On Point Radio. This is your host, Mister Controversy, aka Mister On Point. This is Straight Talk. Who we had a pleasure speaking to. Yeah, what's the word? What's good? What's good, bro? Um, let me ask you. We're talking about gentrification. Let me ask you. Is do you think gentrification is a bad thing or is it a good thing? Does it help our community? Does it hurt our community? What's your views? Because I love all the opinions that everybody's given tonight. In all honesty, there's no cut and dry, you know, real 
yes or no, right or wrong answer to this. It's just a, how how can we find a solution to this issue? What do you think about, you know, um, gentrification, and do you think it's easier for them to move into our communities and rebuild than for us to go up into their communities and rebuild? What's your take on this? Well, it's always easier for them to come into ours because obviously they had it first. <laughs> Where did we come from? We we came from overseas, from my understanding. Some people might have been born here, but we really, we really don't have the rights as a citizen, United States citizen, as other people have when they come over here as immigrants. They get more rights than we do. We just we behind the bag on schedule for real, for real, and and to each his own. The way they treated us, we was before they treated us the way they treated us in slavery. We was already magnified and already on the high pedestal. We knew how to dress, we knew how to carry ourselves, we knew how to do whatever we wanted to do because we had the intelligence to do it. The only problem is. <laughs> It made us look like little dogs or little cats by beating us and making them do, making us do what they wanted us to do, and taking away our pride. And anytime you have a monkey clapping their hands, and they trying to say, "Okay, this is what you are," but they knew for a fact that we're not that. It was a mind. It was, it was renewing your mind to become the lowest form of life on a pedestal. You know what I'm saying? So for us to move into their neighborhood, we got to work extremely hard because they always want us to live in the ghetto. Why did they make the projects? What is that for? Is that for the other man? Because it certainly wasn't really supposed to be for us, but now there is. Because if you talk about the projects, the first thing you come to your mind is black people. You serious right now? So it's a serious situation that's going down. Because no matter what, we like, oh, we moving on up. Like, we the daggone Jeffersons, but we're not the Jeffersons. We supposed to already been up. But they want us to think like we moving up because they don't want to really give us what we supposed to have, which is 40 acres and a mule. You got people already talking about, yeah, we apologize for that. And, um, you know, and that's the other man saying that. But still, even though they apologize, is anybody being respected? Is anybody getting what they really need to be having inside their pockets? If you ain't going to give us 40 acres in a mule, you're going to give us the amount of money to add up to 40 acres in a mule? I guarantee you won't be living in the daggone projects. But see, it is what it is. They try to change our mentality to become dumbed down. And they're doing a good job for certain people. There's certain people out there, you know, who's learning who's getting information, trying to give it to the um, peers or, you know, the young bucks, but now they did something even better. They controlled everybody with the music to really make them dumb down. Or the videos, I should say. Because what but, you see but, is what you get. But when it comes to, and I hear that, but when it comes to, you know, let's say Temple, you down North Philly a lot. You know what I mean? And as Mr. I can't believe you said that, I just seen up in West Philly where Chop and Penn is doing the damn thing up there. You know what I mean? So how does all of that affect those people that you're speaking about that's low on the totem pole? How does that affect them when these developers come in and they make, you know, they raise everything higher 
than what the, the the original occupants were accustomed to. You see what I'm saying? Well, how do you, the only how do reason you feel why, about that? The only reason why they're doing what they're doing is because now they see something better coming in. If you ever look at it, it's called the Republican, the Republic, uh, uh, Republican Conventions. When anybody want to come to Philadelphia now, Philadelphia is trying to transform it, become a New York or Las Vegas, whatever you want to call it. And it's, it's right there in front of our face. I just realized something that blew my mind today that made me say, you know what, Philadelphia is about to become something really big. Now, nobody paid attention to it. How come as of January 27th, January 29th, and January 30th, you got three um, WWA things coming to Philadelphia? One is a takeover, some new thing they just started. Next thing is, um, uh, what do you call it, Raw. And then you got SmackDown. So I said, wow, Philadelphia? That's because of the energy. They transform it. If you could, they see how much money that was capable of being made when they had the NFL draft here. So they was like, oh, my God. Everything went smooth. So if you can make what they're doing now, they're kicking everybody down out of South Philly, creating all these new homes that cost a whole bunch of money. They're kicking everybody out of North Philly, Richard Allen, creating these things so that anybody who wants to come to Philadelphia, they won't see us. They move us to the Northeast. Or they move us to the suburbs. And anybody who wants to be close to downtown, where all the money's going to be at, because downtown is going to be transformed, they're going to build more skyscrapers than a little bit. So when people come from out of town, if they go past that divided area, like, look, if you go past um, Tupper University, you're on your own. We got everything locked down on a circle mass. Tupper University did all this. Now, if you want to go out of that, you just go into your own lifestyle, what you want to be. You know, that's on you. They're trying to create a whole circle of just nothing but pertinent people with nothing but cash in their pocket. So get everybody out, make everybody feel like they got something moving to the suburbs because now you're going to want to be out the suburbs, especially if you ain't got nobody protecting you. Because if you notice, the law has transformed to the point where the FBI is saying, well, Donald Trump said the FBI is allowed to use military weapons. So if you don't got no force protecting you and you already is the bad lowest common denominator on earth, why not put you in a place where we can take you out early or easier? It's common sense. It's right there. So you're dynamic. You're saying there's a dynamic of change uh, trading places. Yes, it's, it, we're evolving. The whole point is Philadelphia is about to become one of the biggest known cities out here, especially if the Eagles win a daggone Super Bowl. That's the beginning. Then if the Sixers win, that's another thing. I mean, it, it, the, the most craziest thing will be is if all sports teams in Philadelphia just went back to back to back to back to back, like Philly Sixers said, all of them at the same time. It will be a new revolution. Everybody will want to come to Philadelphia because nobody, nobody else is going to be able to pull it off. But everybody's living off of energy now. Everything is energy this, energy that. I never heard so much energy in my life, but we have the energy because we never had nothing before. So now if we get it, we're going to lose our freaking minds. Case dismissed. 
So yeah, they gonna <laughs> we gonna see some things gonna make everybody say, "Wow, are you serious right now?" So if you got a home, if you lose it because of taxes, that's on you because they want you to do that. They want you to put your money somewhere else, which is at the cars, which is in these new two telephones or new something that's going to be watching you, like new devices or whatever. So you ain't going to be thinking about it because you won't want to be in. You want to be the end man or be an end game. You ain't thinking about longevity, living for a long time with a house that you can have and another house you can have. You ain't even thinking about that. You want to be in in the limelight, put it like that. So It's crazy. So wait, so now what I'm hearing is a, a new whole spin on it which was one of my questions earlier in the show. From what I'm hearing you say, and sort of kind of what I'm hearing from Brother Ali and, and Lady Dad is, it's our fault, pretty much. Well, it's our fault because we're not, some people are scared to do it, some people are doing it, and they see some people get faded for doing it. So, we're we're scared and we're in check. We're in check because we only want to go to a certain level and then say, oh, you know what? No, no, that's too much. That's too much information. And then it's like, oh God, I'm I'm moving up to this level and now I can't trust nobody because then anything I get, people gonna want. This is the way we've been brought up since slavery. Anytime somebody moves up, somebody want what you got, no matter what. They can act like they cool with you. Behind your back, they're trying to take what you worked hard for because they can. That's the whole tip of the iceberg. People doing what they do because they can. And the only reason why we ain't standing up as far as we want to go because now you got to deal with repercussions. Not only you got to deal with the, the, the other man treating you a certain way, but you got to think about your own brother treating you a certain way because you're evolving. So you got you got to stay as the middle man or the lowest man because you can't be the man. There's only one person being the man, and we already know who they are. All right. Well, wow. Um, uh, that's just a different point there. Um, I'm going to play this last verse, and I want people to, you know, pay close attention to what this brother is saying because, this is also another reply, and he's actually going to talk about gentrification in this verse. Can you, um, so, when you play it, can you like increase the volume or or move it gotcha. closer to things? Gotcha.
So nine times out of ten, they're going to have to go to another area where they can get maybe a two-bedroom apartment, you know what I mean, for eight-something a month, you know what I mean, where now even apartments are are like $1,000 a month. You see what I'm saying? So my issue is it's not an equal playing field for the people that were the original occupants down there. And when I say original, I'm not speaking Mm -hmm. like uh, DJ Chill said, you know, the people who were here before, you know, whatever, before they decided to, you know, put us all in one area and they take a whole other area to keep us distant from them because that's all the suburbs was. The suburbs was this is where we at and y'all down here. But now, like DJ Chill said, that the, the, the main attraction and the tourist attraction is all in Center City now. Now they're saying, you know what, fuck that. They can have up here where all these tornadoes and hurricanes fucking up our cribs and we paying all this insurance money or, or get having to, you know, use our insurance to, to, to rebuild our homes and all that. Fuck all that. We might as well go down there yeah. where we're closer to everything, have access to everything, including public transportation. You know what I'm saying? This is my issue. But, so but why can't me, they afford it? Say it again? Because why can't they afford it? Because most rooming houses, by law, all utilities are included. They can't have a rooming house and still make the occupant pay utilities. So if you're saying three ninety nine, that is the total price for that place, including utilities. So why couldn't people per, afford wait, it? Wait, but that's that's per person for right. one room. For one person, right? But one you're saying person that per room, and and mm-hmm. and as I'm saying to you again, brother, like I just said to, to that, it's not an argument. It's, it's a business, and if it's for their right. students, so they can create safety. I get. I believe me, I get the business no, but aspect. What, what you just said is that they couldn't afford it, and they'd have to move somewhere where there's eight hundred dollar housing at. But that's not true, because those rooms are all inclusive for anybody that can afford the three ninety nine, four ninety nine, five ninety nine per month, all inclusive with utilities. So if, that part, I guess, I'm not understanding. If it did not say student. I'm going to ride down down there tomorrow, and I'm going to take a picture of that banner, and I'm going to post it on our website and on on our social media site. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to post that sign up. I get it. And I haven't haven't told you. No, I get it. And I haven't told you what I do for a living, but I assist people in finding a lot of different things. Those uh, recommendations that you're seeing as far as those flyers are not – exclusive to only students. They are recommended for students, but anybody can move into them as long as they can afford the cost. It only advertises to appeal to the college population, but it does not state that you have to be in college in order to get this room. Anybody can get that room. But, but you can but get do it. you understand why it does, it's not going to state that? I understand why it's appealing to a certain population in a certain community because that's what you're around. So if you're in that area, it's going to appeal to students. However, it's not mutually exclusive to students. Anybody can get that room. Anybody who can afford that cost, 
it right. is just and advertising for the student population. And and that's the that's the key right there that you just said. Anybody who can afford that cost. And what I was get the example I was given was someone who's 21, 22 years old, who's looking to move out of there to their parents' place, to live on their own, who may have a little, you know, uh, some type of you know, job or whatever. But first of all, an individual who's trying to move along, I, I personally, now this is not a fact, this is an opinion, I don't think that a person who's moving out on their own, I do know some people who get one-room apartments, Right? I do know people that do that. But for the most part, this is geared towards students who only need one room. A person who's trying to branch out on their own may not want one room, for the most part. I'm just saying, hi, but that's why I gave the example of a two-bedroom apartment, you know what I'm saying, versus this efficiency, you know what I mean? And the the reason why it's not going to say all are welcome is because it's not designed for all are welcome. That's my whole point. My point ain't about money right now. My point is about agenda right now. Why well, do you think it's, 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 it's not tailored or geared towards, you know, it's here for us all? Okay, so well, let me speak on let me, Go ahead. Exactly. Like, I, I, I mean, graduated keep... from college. You know what I'm saying? Like, I... I have a couple of degrees, and I'm working on another one. So what I'm saying is, as opposed to a college dorm, and that's what it's appealing to, if you're looking at marketing strategy, it's saying as opposed to you investing in your tuition loan payments to live on campus in the dormitory where you may be two to one room and you have a shared bathroom with two other people on the other side of the room because I've been there, because I'm a college graduate, so I get it. It's it's saying that you can afford this place here where you may have your own room for less than what you would pay on the university's campus. It's all it's doing. It's just simple appetizing. It's simple appeal as opposed to what the dominant census is requiring for that individual. So So as opposed to... You're basically mm-hmm. saying that there's because I, I get it too. I'm a college graduate. Um, I have a couple of degrees. I got that. To me, we all do. Um, yeah, I Ali. mean that's 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 yeah. You know, my, we my have master's is, degrees and, and such. So yeah, yeah. we do. My 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 thing is this. So basically, if I'm hearing you correctly, because as I said before, this is in my opinion, everybody's giving their opinion, and that's what I want. That is what we want here, you know, and we respect everybody's using the point and, and the things. I'm not saying anyone's wrong for anything they're saying tonight because everybody has valid views and points. I just think we're looking at different perspectives of it all. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we're standing around a, 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 what do you call them, little shaker balls, you know, uh, where the snow come falling down. We're standing all around that, and we're looking at it from different angles, but we're looking at the same thing. You see what I'm saying? Um, and from if I'm if, if if I'm correct, I believe you're saying that basically this is just about business. This is not about a takeover, or as Mister I can't believe he said it, sort of put it a hostile takeover. 
This is not about, like what DJ Chill said, trading places. This is just business, is what you're pretty much saying, because there's a hospital called CHOP here who's doing that in West Philly alongside of a college over in West Philly University of Penn who's doing it. Drexel is starting to do it. All of the colleges and these big businesses or companies or, or, you know, hospitals and stuff are starting to take over these communities. And it's not us that's moving in and droves. This is all I'm saying to you. And I know this because, you know, even by my driving Uber, I go down there a lot and I'm picking up people and dropping people off in these areas a lot. I'm having conversations with some of these people. And I'm telling you, DJ Chill said it best. It has become the area closest to the attraction, which is now becoming the attraction. And what's happening is, as y'all know like I know, what happens when you start putting together a masterpiece? You start taking, removing every little inanimate object around it that can potentially harm it. You move that glass of water so it don't spill on top of it. You move that food so no grease gets on it. You remove everything that can potentially damage what you're reconstructing. So in order to do that, you put in certain agendas, and I'm not going to say laws because they're working within the laws, as you said, Brother Ali, it's not going to say open for all. It is going to look like an advertisement and promotion for the students as an attraction opposed to living in the dorm. I get that. But the part I'm talking about is not about the business aspect. I'm, my point is, what about the people who's there, who can no longer afford to live in that area? To be fair, I think it's both. You know what I mean? Like the areas you're talking about, I think there's a population of people that actually purchase the property there to appeal to college students, like you said earlier, to rent the rooms out and to flip it for profit. However, there's a state agenda that is a state agenda not just in Philadelphia, but all over this country. The project is over. They've already got the results they needed to see. They already know what will reap from it. A project is something that has a timeline to it. So when it was established in order to reap the results, it has reaped the results. So now, because we live in a capitalist society, it's time to dead the project aspect of everything and to revitalize it to appeal to a more marketable uh, aspect of people and take the people that were there who are part of that project, which also what you said earlier is not anyone of maybe you and I's age group or social class because it's not the, it's not the middle age that is there. It is the people who are the elder now who have actually bought those homes there. The people who are mad because they're leaving is the middle-aged children that have inherited that population based on the people who bought it before them. Because uh, you mentioned something in regard to people, you know, being able to afford it and foreigners, et cetera, different cultures of people. It has nothing to do with race. So I think maybe DJ Chill mentioned it. It has to do with buying power. Your buying power is based on your credit. 
the people who have homes that they own in these areas are the elder because their buying power was significant at the time where they purchased those homes. But what you have now is their children and their grandchildren that now inhabit those areas and make it to where those people that own it don't even want to be there themselves. So they're looking, actually, for regentrification. They want something different to change because if you're just looking at it from the perspective of the homeowners and not the population of people, which is a difference. The homeowners are the elders who moved there years ago and owned those homes. Middle-aged people, you and I's age, give or take, I don't know your age, we didn't go in there and buy those homes. It's the people that came before us that did that because they had the buying power to do it, and they're sick of that environment as well because they didn't come and was raised up under that certain class or mind state. So those people, it's not even a thing of them not being able to afford it because the government comes in and they offer those people a way out. It's not the rich white people or what have you that come in and buy up those homes. It's not. It's a citywide plan across the nation. It has nothing to do with Philadelphia. It is the scheme of every state to rehabilitate their downtown areas and to make it more adverse for everyone who is of a, social, of a certain socioeconomic class to be able to re-inhabit it. It's it. The project is over. The project wasn't a state thing. It was a national thing of America to put people in a certain area and be able to dictate and watch how they will behave and the results that it will produce. Now they got the data. They got it. They see what we're going to do to each other if we're put in an impoverished environment where it's just us. We're going to kill each other, steal, rob, et cetera, et cetera. That's done. They got the data. We've killed each other off. They develop diseases now that will attack us even more so. Now they got to get our ass up out of there so they can rehabilitate their downtown areas, and that's in every city. I think the point is is that we are not taking accountability for ourselves and for me. You know what I'm saying? And I could be biased or prejudiced in saying this, but to try to rehabilitate something that was put there as an experiment and was geared towards something low socioeconomic, I can see the people there feeling a certain kind of way. However, the people there don't because the people there are typically what we call our grandparents or great-grandparents, and they don't like what's going on there either. And I think that has to be the perspective that it's looked from, not from our perspective because we don't own those homes there, not from our parents' perspective because most of them don't own them there. It's from the ones that came before us that had the buying power to purchase, and they don't like it either. Okay. Now, that being said, case in point, point taken. Um, I'm going to share this with the people um, before, you know, our show comes to a close. Um, There's a place called, a street called Diamond Street here in Philly. I know most who are on the line now are familiar with Diamond Street. I was a teacher at 15th and Diamond. Where is the heart of Central University? And when I was teaching there, Temple was just starting the gentrification process. First of all, the project didn't go nowhere. They just transformed them into roadhouse. 
because they said the project was inhumane. Losing you. Or bam. And they made them into townhouses and make it as we're losing you earlier a feeling of state. Made it look more humane. Now, when Temple started this, all of the homeowners, as you just you know, stated correct, were older people. These older people, including my grandma who doesn't live up on fifteenth Diamond, but the other part, you know, the other side of North Philadelphia. Um, all we're saying, we're not selling our home. We're not selling. They did not want to sell their home. So contrary to what you were just saying, which I, I agree too, a lot of people, especially older people who, you know, fear coming outside or fear for their children or whatever, you know, want to get away or be out of that. I mean, a lot of people, that's the whole point of getting out of the hood. That's where that, you know, that whole phrase and term comes from. You don't want to be here. You want to get out of here. You know I mean? But they did not want to sell their home. There were stories that I was told by people who own these homes about how Temple came in and offered them $20,000 for their house. $20,000. I believe it was, uh, I can't believe you said that, who said $50,000, $750,000 to $75,000. $20,000 for their home. And they told him to go sit on it, pretty much. So Temple then resorted to the next phase, which was to raise the property taxes by buying up the abandoned houses around these people and turn them into fret houses and storehouses. Which, if you go down Diamond Street now, you will see a lot of those little store and fret houses on Diamond Street. So the property value began to raise. The tax value began to, you know, get higher. So the people were pretty much forced out. So now, if you, if, when I go down, I was just down there yesterday, and there is not, there's only one family that remains there that I remember from, I want to say, 2007. That are no longer there. Now, majority of those places on Diamond Street are Temple owned and housed by Temple students. So, I say all that to say, people out there in Radio Land, there's no clear cut, yes or no, right or wrong to this. It's all going to be in your face. Because no matter what the facts are, no matter what the laws are, someone's always going to have a view or an opinion on the situation. And technically, the laws pretty much are put in place for the corporation in favor of the corporation. Because, again, Temple is not going to buy up all of this. I, I guarantee you the city has something to do with as well. I'm almost certain, especially when Temple can get back to the city. Maybe City Hall. Not the city population. So, is gentrification a bad thing? I still don't know. I just don't like it. 
and I don't like it because I see the trading of places that's taking and the current. I'm not with it. Hey, hey, bro, can I say one last thing before we get off? What's that? All right. It's my last thought. I'm going to leave it alone. In psychology, they say anything that's done for a period of 21 days creates a habit. I'm not saying that every person who is elder or what have you um, wants gentrification. Some people are so accustomed to a certain pattern of behavior that they are willing to accept it and fight for that to their dying breath because that's all they know and that's what they become comfortable with. Am I saying justification is a bad or good thing? I don't know, but I think it builds on the individual perspective. Most people I meet in my line of work who is the owners of these properties you're speaking of don't want it, but some people do. Some people raise generational curses where they didn't strive for better, they didn't raise their children to strive for anything better, and their grandkids are not striving for anything better. You know what I mean? And I'm not judging anybody. However, you asked the question earlier, what do we do? You know what I mean? How can blacks support other blacks, owners, et cetera? And I agree with the young lady online. I think it's more than a want. It has to start with you actually doing And I think we, as a people, are so good at talking about what we want and what it's going to be, but we are not good at actually putting things into place because we don't want to evolve our mind state past the intercity places that we have grown up in. We still want to be hood. We still want to be cool. We still want to be that boy, that girl, whatever, in these places, and we never want to evolve past that. And so when an entity comes in and challenges you to be more than what the society is willing to accept in that particular area, then we want to rebel. And I don't think it has anything to do with the city or the temple, or whatever that's coming in to buy it, I would actually question, how come these people haven't wanted to evolve for themselves? Why are they even still here? And how could that be accepted as their norm for the life? Because I have children. I'll be damned if my daughter's going to grow up in the freaking hood, bro. Not gonna happen. Not on my watch, and I don't even support it. And, I, think and, I think that's just all I'm saying. My bad. No, nah, and I hear that, and it ain't nothing wrong with you know. I, I, I personally, I got out of North Philly because I didn't want to be stagnant. How people have become stagnant down there. I, I agree with that. But you said you hit the word on the head. And that's what I would say. When I said let's stand together and let's protest them coming down and building 
so that they can be close to the center city. They can take the transportation. They can have everything that we done lived here and had since forever. And now they want to come in and just make everything higher and raise everything and pretty it up for them because it's not, it's not being done in every area. But slowly but surely it is, but not for the people. It's to drive out the people. And that's what I'm saying. Stand up and challenge it. Not just that, but challenge it by bringing back your community. Making it, I remember in North Philly, all of the neighbors coming out and sweeping their front. I remember that. But that no longer happened. So I did it. The generations to come probably have pretty much ruined it and are ruining it. You know what I'm saying? But that doesn't give anyone the right to come in and push people out of what they own and what they had prior to you coming down and wanting to redevelop and capitalize off of it. So um, that being said, man, whoo, this is good. And, Brother Ali, shout out to you, man, because you raised some very valid points. You brought a standpoint that is different from um, that that I brought. Um, Des, you as well which you always do, and I love that about you. Um, just, I can't believe you said that. You still firm where you normally stand. And, you know, a lot of times we see, you know, the situation the same. Um, DJ Chill brought a whole nother perspective to the ball game. You know what I mean? So um, this is good dialogue. We still don't know whether gentrification is bad or good. But one thing we know for certain and two things we know for sure, you ain't going up in there area and rebuild nothing, whether you have the money or not. Not at even playing. That being said, people out there radio man, thank you for tuning in to On Point Radio. Thank you for tuning in to Straight Talk with myself, the controversy, aka Mr. On Point, and that's the whole point. I bring up these topics or controversy or argument so that we can hear each other as we did tonight. I appreciate Brother Ali, guys. I can't believe you said that, DJ Chill, and all of the listeners that were online. You know how I do. Ain't more point. was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.